the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Great day. Praise the Lord. Kingdom Addict. And Kingdom Addict. Supernatural Addition is my birthright on behalf of Jesus. I'm excited to welcome you into the month of August. The eighth month of our year of kingdom addiction. And I believe that this year is drawing you closer and closer to God like never before. This is a new month. And the Bible says that blessed be God, Psalm 68 verse 19, who daily loaded us with benefits. That's why I'm convinced that this month, your life shall be characterized by extreme benefits from God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lift up your voice and for a moment, give thanks to God for the gift of life. Thank him for the privilege of being part of a new month, of seeing the eighth month of the year. And not just seeing it, but enjoying the benefits therein. Open your mouth and begin to thank God and give him praise. Thank him. Thank him for your life. Thank him for your family. Thank him for the precious gift of life. Give him all the glory. Spend the next one, two, one, two seconds or so. And then begin to speak into the month. What do you expect God to bring into your life this month? How do you expect to go with God this month? Open your mouth and begin to speak to God. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. He said, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Open your mouth and speak to God. Ask him to intervene in the various issues of your life. Open your mouth and for a moment speak to God. Labroco siva debe kelebro sandala bakandasa. No lack of any kind around you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, divine provision, divine supply, divine security shall be your experience all through this month. You're going out and you're coming in his blessed. In Jesus' precious name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. We bless you for the month of August. Thank you for all that you have packaged and loaded in it for us. We receive it by faith in the name of our Lord Jesus. And we thank you already for the spiritual food you have prepared for us in this month. Lord, this is our first diet. We pray, Spirit of God, that you breathe upon it. Cause us to eat and be filled. We honor you and we bless you that no man tune into this broadcast at this time or watch it thereafter shall ever remain the same. Be glorified even as your word goes forth. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. God bless you for being part of this broadcast. This morning, I want to speak to you to begin our prophetic focus for this month. Our prophetic focus this month is coming from the book of Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 to 14, and Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. And I want to read before I declare it. He says, there is so much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. 
you have been believers so long that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature. Solid food is for those who are mature. Who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Let's go to chapter 6 verse 1. So, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. And let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely, we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. The key word is, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. And let us go on. Let us go on and become mature in our understanding. Verse 14 says, solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. This month, our prophetic focus is I'm growing into maturity. I'm growing into maturity. You can almost see that it's a sequel to the series we just finished in growing in grace. I'm growing into maturity. You can type in the comment box, I'm growing into maturity. And this morning in particular, I'm teaching on what I've captioned, I am born to grow. I am born to grow. First Peter 2, verse 1 and 2. First Peter 2, 1 and 2. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, he says, as newborn babes, that's the word, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. This is your season of unprecedented spiritual growth. Over the past month, you may have grown. Biologically, you may have grown. Physically, you may have grown financially. But this is a season for spiritual growth. And I see you grow from grace to grace. I see you grow from strength to strength. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. We will still refer to our text we used in our previous teaching. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 1. He says, I brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to canon, as to babes in Christ. Apostle Paul distinguishes three categories of people here. He says, he couldn't speak to the brethren. All of them were brethren. In other words, all of them were saved. Paul said, I couldn't address you as spiritual people. So, among those who are brethren, among those who are saved, among, in the church, in a church like ours, you are going to find people who are spiritual. And then you are also going to find people who are babies. And then again, you are going to find people who are carnal. Paul said, when I came to you, I wanted to address you as spiritual people. And those are the people we are, we are going to be focusing on. We've talked briefly about who is a carnal person. And I, I spoke about baby Christians. In fact, the whole month of July, that's what we're addressing. Today, we want to focus on the spiritual man. He says, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people. As spiritual people. When you get born again, you are expected to grow. But the question is, what are you growing to become? If you are expected to grow, then what are you growing to become? Because everybody is growing to become something. 
Everybody is growing to become something. Some people are growing to become rich. Some people are growing to become loving husbands. Some people are growing to become more serious Christians. Some people are growing to into deeper work and love with God. But what are you basically growing to become? Other people are also growing worse. It's not everybody that grows into the positive. There are people who grow and as they grow, they develop bad habits that become inimical to their future and their potential. What are you growing to become? You are born to grow as a child of God. This is a very important thought. I want to stay, I want to stick and stay with you. You must understand that you are not born to remain as you are. You are not born to remain a baby. You are not born to uh, develop and become a carnal Christian. You are born to grow. But what are you growing to become? You are expected to grow to become a spiritual man. That's what Apostle Paul said. He said, when I came, I wanted to address you. I heard you've been born again. I heard you are established in Christ. And then I wanted to address you. But when I engaged you in our conversation, I couldn't see you as spiritual people. The way you were talking, I could not pick spiritual signs in you. And I pray that in this series, you will grow. You will learn how to become a spiritual person through this series. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'm sharing with you 12 facts about spiritual growth by way of introduction to this series. 12 facts about spiritual growth. Number one is that spiritual growth is not an option for any believer. As a child of God, understand spiritual growth is not an option. You must grow. God expects you to grow and God commands you to grow. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 18, it said, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are born again, fair enough, but grow. 1 Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes deserve the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That's what God expects of you. Once you get born again, you must understand that God expects every child of his to grow. There is no natural parent who just give birth to a child and after six months is happy to see the child remain a baby forever. No. Every, every parent is excited when they see their children are growing. They take the child for weighing. And they see a difference between the previous weight and the current weight. It brings a mother such joy. God wants to see a difference in your spiritual weight. You've been a believer for how many months now? How many years now? How many days now? And how is your spiritual weight? Some of us are still weighing the same weight after three years of walking with God. Four years of walking with God. Ten years of walking with God. Our mindsets are the same. Our character is the same. Our disposition to spiritual things are the same. It's simply because you are not growing. So we are. God expects us to grow. Spiritual growth is not an option. You cannot decide that, well, I, mean, I want to be born again, but I don't want to grow. That is not our calling. That is not our placement. God expects us to grow. Number two, spiritual growth begins after spiritual birth. If you are going to grow, it begins after spiritual birth. Spiritual birth is the basis for spiritual growth. If you are not born, you can't grow. A child can only grow in the womb, but up to a certain point. After nine months, that child has to be given birth too. And when you are born again, you are born as a baby and you are expected to grow. That's what Apostle Peter says. He said, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word. That you may grow there. So once you are born, you are expected to grow. So spiritual growth begins after spiritual birth. And there are people who are not who have not been born again. 
The reason why they are not growing is that they are actually not born again. Their lifestyle has been the same since because they are truly not born again. My question to you, watching this book at this time or whatever time, are you born again? Have you confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you placed your faith in Christ? And this is important because until this is done, spiritual growth can never become a reality. Spiritual growth begins after spiritual birth. Number three, spiritual growth is not automatic. Spiritual growth is not automatic. If it was, Peter will not say desire something to grow. He said as newborn babes, desire. Desire has to do with an act of your will. So you have to desire it to grow. If you must grow, there is something you need to do to grow. And Apostle Paul said, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow there. Apostle Peter says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So in the natural, when a child is born, and the child begins to feed, that child will grow. But in the spiritual, it does not just happen like that. Once you are born, you have to have a desire to grow in order to grow. It is your desire to grow that will push you to go for the milk. It is your desire to grow that will push you to do the things that are necessary or the things that will push you and move you from one level of spiritual growth to another. Spiritual growth is not automatic. It does not just happen in a vacuum. That's why people have been in church for a long time and strangely they are not growing. Their mindsets are the same, the same marital problems. After five years of being Christians, they have the same marital problems. They are not able to solve it. Spiritual growth is not automatic. You can be a Christian for 10 years and your attitude, your mindset, your behavior is like somebody who just came into faith a month ago. It's because spiritual growth is not just a function of how long you have been a Christian. No. Number four, spiritual growth is a process and not an event. Spiritual growth is a process. You see, there's a difference between becoming saved and becoming mature. When you become saved, the, the pro salvation is not a process. It's a miraculous event that takes place in an instant. The moment you profess faith, faith in Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that moment you become saved. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, the same shall be saved. There is no name under heaven given among men by which we might be saved. He said, if you confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. So at the point of that confession, immediately a person becomes saved. You become translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. You become a new creature in Christ just at the point of confession. If your name be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In an instant, the old man is gone, the new man is come. But for the new man to become a reality, for the new man to manifest himself, that is where growth comes in. Growth comes in. Because the new man, spiritually, you have a new man. But mentally, you need a new mind. You have a new man in your spirit. You also need a new mind. And that new mind will bring direction to your life. That's critical. Spiritual growth is not an event. It's a process. It's a process. We are told that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk. And I like the word milk because milk is the basic food babies start with. It's a process. You start with milk and then we are told 
in first Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, he said, I could not give you solid food. So you move from milk and then you go to solid food. The same thing can also be said in uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. He talks about strong meat. You start with milk, you go on to meat. Then as you grow and grow and your teeth develop, you are served with strong meat. So spiritual growth is a process. And you must understand this. When you understand this, you are able to allow people to grow. You are able to bear with people. Sometimes people put a lot of pressure on new believers. They want them to change overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. People come to church, and as soon as they come to church, people are trying to tell them how they should dress, what kind of dress they should wear, and all kinds, what kind of haircut they should have, and all of those things. Instead of allowing them time, so the word of God will work on their heart and the spirit of God will have control over their lives. We just want people to grow overnight. The truth is that in the natural, people don't grow overnight. Nobody becomes a full-blown adult overnight. No. You give birth today and tomorrow the person is a full-grown uh, 5.9 inches adult. That's, that is a wonder. It may be part of the nine wonders of the world. It doesn't happen in the real life. In real life, children are born, they learn to sit, they learn to stand, they learn to walk, and then they grow. They start with milk, they move on, and they begin to take semi-solid foods, and then over time, their teeth are developed, and with time, they are able to take stronger food, and sometimes they try playing around even with bones. That is how it ought to be. The Bible tells us clearly in the book of Romans, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Look at the word transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word is renewing of your mind is a process. Renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind. You let go of your old mindset to embrace a new mindset. You deprogram yourself and reprogram your mind. It's critical. That's how spiritual growth comes about. Spiritual growth comes as a process. The process of gradually exposing yourself to the word of God. Second, Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. Look at what the Bible says. He said, but we all with open face beholding us in a glass the glory of the Lord change into the same image from glory to glory. That's a process. From glory to glory. From one level of glory to the other. As you get exposed to the word of God, as you allow the word of God to have fruit and gain root in your heart, your life begins to turn on a new leaf for the better and for the better and for the better. Receive grace to be growing from grace to grace. Receive grace from to grow from glory to glory in the name of the Lord Jesus. So spiritual growth is a process. Number five, spiritual growth is a lifelong pursuit and not just a short-term adventure. Life, spiritual growth is not a short-term adventure. It's a long-term, it's a lifelong pursuit. It's a lifelong pursuit. There is nothing like, I, have, I am fully grown now. I don't need any growing again. The moment you come to that point, you are almost in a vacillating state. Anybody who walked closely with God, the longer they walked with God, the more hunger they have towards God. The more of God they wanted to know. The Bible says in the book of Romans, it says, all oh, the death, both of the riches and of the wisdom of God. How unsearchable are his ways and his ways past finding out. 
That's Romans chapter 11 and verse number 33. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 to 14, Apostle Paul, he said, I count not my, I, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfect. The word perfect has to do with mature. I'm already mature. But I press that I may lay hold on that, for that which Christ has also laid hold upon me. Look at verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have gotten there, to have apprehended, to have arrived. What kind of believer have you become? Are you the kind of Christian who thinks he has arrived? When you come to church and the message is being preached, you think you don't need to make notes because you have arrived. You think you have arrived. You think you have arrived. Arrival syndrome is a, a spiritual sickness. That was a sickness that bedeviled the church of Laodicea. They say we are rich. We have no need of anything. And Jesus told them you are blind, you are naked, and you don't know it. A sense of arrival is dangerous in our work with God. You must always see yourself as growing. No matter how far. I'm a pastor. I lead a church. But I'm still growing. I grow every day, every time. That's why I spend time in the word of God as much as possible daily to seek and to learn because we are all learning. The Bible says, let him that thinketh he knoweth anything, know that he does not know as he ought to know. We know in part, we prophesy in part. Growth is something that is a lifelong pursuit. We pursue it until we meet the Lord. Number six, spiritual growth is not just a matter of time. I'm sure you've heard people say, oh, it's just a matter of time. We all can grow. It's a matter of time. Things will be fine. It's a matter of time. Now, let me ask you, there are many things you said will get better as a matter of time, and yet they have never gotten better. You said you'll be rich as, as, uh, with them as a matter of time. Have you become rich? You said you become wise with, as a matter of time. Have you become wise? The same foolish decisions are the same decisions you are making. Listen, nobody becomes better with time. Nobody becomes better with time. The only people who become better with time are the people who use time to do the things that makes them better. The reason why God gives us time is so that we will use it. We will transact or we will do business with time. So we exchange time for whatever thing we want to become better at it. If you want to become better at preaching, you, you invest time. You transact time. You invest time in listening to other preachers. And then your skill of preaching is honed or is a hands. If you want to become better in managing your resources, you have to learn, learn, find a book, read it on sound financial management, budgeting. That's how you become better. You don't have a better family with time. You can only get a better family when the time that is available to you, you use it to find a good book and read, sit down, discuss with your wife. In what ways can we make this marriage sweet? In what ways can we advance our family life? That's how people become better. Those who just sit down and say, I will be better with time, I'll be better, things will get better. Listen, things will rather be getting worse. That was the case with the uh, uh, Hebrew Christians. They have been Christians for a long time. Apostle Paul came to them. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11. He says, so much, there's so much we want to share with you, but we can't. Because you are dull of hearing. You are shallow in understanding. And verse 12, he says, for you have been believers so long now. So long now. The word is so long now. If there was any generation of Christians who thought over time they would become wise. Over time they would become mature. It was the Hebrew Christians. 
But Paul said they had been Christian for a long time, but they couldn't become wise. And if you can be a Christian for a long time, I've seen it as a pastor in our church, I've seen it. People can stay here. There are people who have stayed here for five years, six years, some even seven years. And when they put up an attitude, they get offended. The way they behave, the things they say, I get amazed. I, I begin to ask myself, really? Have these people really been in this church? Are they, are they abreast with the things I've shared with them from the word of God over the period? It's just clear that obviously they've been around, but they have not been growing. How can you be under such an anointing? And after so years, marriage is not working. You don't know how to have a consistent word study. You don't know how to have... I mean, it's simply because you are not growing. Spiritual growth is not a, just a matter of time. Number seven. Spiritual growth is not a matter of knowledge only. You know, to grow spiritually, you need knowledge. Knowledge is vital. Paul was, Peter was speaking, he said... But grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. Spiritual growth always involves knowledge. But knowledge alone does not grow a person. What a person does with knowledge is what shows that the person is mature. You can have knowledge, but if you don't know how to use the knowledge profitably, we can't describe you as a mature person. You know, wisdom is defined as a right application of knowledge. And it is in wisdom that we see a mature person from a little person or a mature person from a baby. The wisdom they display. When the baby takes two brush, he, he, he may not mind using it to clean his butt. Excuse me. Yeah, because the baby he doesn't know the use of it. But if you meet an 18 year old who picks a toothbrush and he decides to push it into his nose instead of putting it into his mouth, you will see that something is fundamentally wrong. And that is the difference. Spiritual growth is not just a matter of knowledge. It's a matter of the right application of knowledge. The Bible says in Titus 1.16, he said they profess that they know God, but in words, they deny him. You say you are a Christian. How is it translated? How, how is it translating in your work? In your place of work, how does it affect your relationship? How does your faith in Christ affect your relationship with your bosses, with your subordinates, with the people ahead, with the people below you? How does it translate to that? That is what truly shows that you are growing as a child of God. Number eight, spiritual growth is not a matter of activity. Spiritual is not a matter of activity at all. There was a lady in the Bible who was very busy, but not effective at all. And there are many Christians who think that by being active, they will become spiritually mature. It doesn't happen like that. I have seen, in fact, some of the people that sometimes have given me problems in leadership, in church, are people who are very active but not growing at all. So over the years, I have always been wary and very careful about people who always want to do things, but they, they don't want to spend time in the word of God. When you are teaching, they are not concentrating. When you are teaching, they are not making notes, but they want to be the first to come and clean church. They want to be the first to come and sink. Such people are potential dangers. You must always understand that in our work with God, fellowship comes before work. Fellowship comes before work. When Jesus, in the book of Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to 14, when he called his disciples, the first thing he told them is that, I want you to be with me. Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. He said, and when he went up onto a mountain, he called to those whom he wanted 
and they came to him, verse 14. He said, he appointed 12 that they might be with him. That's where it starts from. If you are going to be effective for God, you must learn to be with him. People who are hardworking in church, but are not spiritual, easily get offended. And when they get offended, no, no matter what you do, they are offended. And they can, they can destroy almost everything. They spend a lot of energy and time to build in one moment of offense because they are not spiritually mature. If you are a pastor, be wary of people who want to work in the church, but they don't want to be instructed in the word. No, they are, they are potential dangers. Martha was busy, 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 busy. But, and then craving attention. The same thing with the prodigal son and the brother. Busy, craving attention, but spiritually empty. Empty. You will not be spiritually empty in the name of Jesus. Number nine, the rate of spiritual growth is not the same for all. The rate of spiritual growth is not the same for all. Peter says, as newborn babes desire. This word is so critical. Desire means thirst. Desire means crave. Desire means to pant hard after. That's what it means. Desire. That you may grow thereby. Desire. You know, people's desire differs. Children, two children can be born the same day. The next week they go for weighing, one will be about three kilos ahead of the other. And it's all because one may be sucking better than the other. And it's the same thing spiritually. Two people can come to faith in Christ the same day. But after three months, the other person may be a cell leader. After three years, the other person doesn't know one or two scriptures at all. Cannot quote two or three scriptures out of memory. It's all a function of desire. Sometimes people are in church and they are like, oh, I've been in this church for a long time and this brother just came and all of a sudden they have appointed him, they've given him this assignment. And it's, it's simply because people think that being around will make you grow by osmosis. Listen, spiritual growth is not one of the things that can happen by osmosis. Spiritual growth must be intentionally engaged. You have to, just like you naturally have to feed in order to grow fat, just like you naturally have to exercise in order to build up your muscles. Hear me and hear me well. Spiritual growth also comes through the same process. Our growth rate is not the same, and that is also important. When you appreciate as a leader that the growth rate of the people you are leading is not the same, you are able to handle them differently. The, the, the instructions I give to people who are closer to me in leadership that I will not be able to give the same to other people distant uh, uh, down the line of leadership. Rebukes I can give to some, maybe one of my associate pastors, I can easily give to somebody who is just a cell leader or something because the person may not have the heart for it. The person may not be matured enough for growth rate differs from person to person. But the bottom line is, I, I, I wrote here, I said, the rate of spiritual growth is directly proportional to a person's desire or hunger to grow and the quality of growth resources available to him or her. That's what I wrote here. That is my math mathematical equation for spiritual growth. The rate of spiritual growth is directly proportional to a person's desire or hunger. When you are hungry, every food you want it, you, you want it. Every food. Those, when people come to faith, you see that their hunger is high. They come for midweek service, they come for Sunday service, cell meetings, they are there. Every meeting they want to be there. They grow quickly. But while people who have been around for a long time have become so used to services, used to their pastor, that they don't make time to 
make themselves available to feed people who want to grow. Their hunger is up. They sign up for the podcast. They pick up messages. They listen to sermons. Beyond teaching, listening to sermons in church, they go ahead and then make sure, like the Berean believers, they search the scriptures to find out whether the things that they were taught in church or at a cell meeting are true or not. That's how people grow. That's how people grow. Let me quickly rush. My time is up. Spiritual growth is a testimony of spiritual health. When you are spiritually healthy, you will grow spiritually. Number 11, spiritual growth is visible and measurable. Spiritual growth is visible and measurable. Listen, stop pretending that you are a mature believer. It's not something you can pretend for long. When someone is pregnant, she can hide it, but for so long. At a certain point, it will show. The same way, when you are spiritually grown, it will show. It will show either in your relationship with people, and most of the time, our spiritual growth manifests itself in relationships. Our relationships. Our relationship, because relationships will always reveal the good or the bad in you. It is not the relationship that put the bad in you, it is you who, dis- who puts the good or the bad in you. And the relationships, they just come to provoke it. That's all. So you may be in a choir, you may be in the usher, somebody will offend you. It's provoking something that is in you. If forgiveness is what you have been feeding on over time, the moment you are offended, forgiveness comes out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Hear me and hear me real good. Spiritual growth is always visible. Spiritual growth is always measurable. When you read the book of Galatians 5, verse 22 to 23, God gives us standard measurement for spiritual growth. The fruit of the Spirit is love. When you check your life and you see that you are weighing low or your weight is low, when it comes to love, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness, all of those things, it's a mark that spiritually you are not growing. Very, very impatient, very intolerant, very, very uh, uh, brutal in your language. You speak and people want to hit their head against the wall because you are the boss, because you are the manager. But you are the boss, you are the manager. You need to correct people, but understand you are first a Christian and those people must see Christ at work in you. So spiritual growth is, is measurable and visible. Finally, let me close. Spiritual growth. The ultimate standard of spiritual growth and maturity is Jesus Christ. That's, that's it. That's the ultimate. So every time when you want to rate yourself, how am I doing spiritually? Uh, you can look at your pastor and then learn from him. But I want you to know that the ultimate person you should be measuring yourself by is not your pastor, is not your wife, is not anybody, is Christ himself. The Bible says, until we come to the full and complete standard of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13. That is the standard. So, I always want to ask myself, if Christ were to be in my situation, how will he do it? If I get offended, somebody offends me, somebody insults me, if Jesus were in my shoes, I think it's the Presbyterians that, that, that have a hymn. I'm not too sure. But that's it. There's a Presbyterian hymn that says, whatever I do, I want to first ask, how would Jesus do it? That's the ultimate of a spiritual person. When you meet a spiritual person, they don't act out of their feelings. They don't act out of their emotions. They act 
out of their knowledge of the word of God. They act asking, how would Jesus do it? How would Jesus do it? If Jesus were married to the woman you are married to, how will he treat her? If Jesus were married to the husband you are married to, how will he treat him? That is the standard. If Jesus were to be uh, owing the person like you are owing, how will you do it? That is the standard. I pray that the grace of God will help you. I pray that the strength of God will come upon you. That in this series, you will see your spiritual life upgraded. You will see yourself move from glory to glory. You will see a shift in your spiritual life in the mighty name of Jesus. Maybe you are tuning into the broadcast at this time and you know, you know, you know without a shadow of doubt that you are not born again. You heard the second point. We said that spiritual growth begins after spiritual birth. If you are not born again, you cannot be a candidate for spiritual growth. First, you must be born again. You want to pray this simple prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you today for the privilege of hearing your word. I believe with my heart you died for me. I confess with my mouth that you rose again. By my confession and by my faith in you, I receive salvation into my soul. Thank you for saving me and making me your own in Jesus' precious name. If you pray that prayer in faith, I want you to know without a shadow of doubt, you are a child of God. You are a brand new creature. All things are passed away. All things have become new. Stay in touch with us. We want to help you in your work with God. Help you to grow and become the person God wants you to be. Send us a message. Send us an email. Let us be part of your spiritual growth and development in every area of your life. We look forward to hearing from you in Jesus' matchless name. Pastor Afraqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website, www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. 7 a.m. first service, 8.30 a.m. second service, and 10 a.m. our third service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santa's Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.